Well, good morning. I'm very excited to be here in Brigham City this morning. Uh, th- until last hour, I have yet had the opportunity to come teach here in Brigham. So my name is Pastor Jared. I've been the lead pastor at the Layton campus for the last 13 years. So they kind of grew tired of me, so they kicked me out. And so now I'm in a new role here at Alpine Church. Um, I'm helping with central staffing, um, central support uh, with six locations and eight campuses. Two of our Latino campuses meet at current locations. There's a lot of central needs of supporting all the ministries and campuses. So I've, uh, middle of last year, transitioned into that role. And that also put me on the teaching team, which I love being a part of, so I get to go to all the locations, so thanks for having me here today. And a special welcome to you if you are a guest, that's like Mike said, Pastor Mike, we're grateful that you're here. Um, our, our mission at Alpine Church is very simple. We want to help people pursue God in any way we can team up with individuals and families, we'd love to do so. And this is a great time to check out Alpine Church because we are in our core values series. And what our core values, what we're taking the time to do is go over our core values. And our core values are how we do what we do. And really, every corporation has core values, whether they actually sit down and go through and and make them up or not. By how you do things, how you accomplish things will tell you about your core values. But what's good about sitting down and, and coming up with core values, it helps guide and direct on how you do what you do. And so if you uh, missed week one, core value number one is we look to God in his word in all we do. So it is the Bible that guides us. It is the Bible that guides us in all of our ministries and everything that we do here at Alpine Church. It's God's word gives us guidance in our families, um, in just our everyday life, in our workplace, and everything that we turn to God's word. And then last week, we looked at core value number two is we work hard at healthy relationships. You know, the reason God created us, the reason you're here, has everything to do with relationships. When Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, they were trying to trap him. They said, what's the greatest commandment? They wanted him to say one of the commandments, and then they were going to turn, well, what about all the others? And Jesus said, well, the first commandment's very important. It's love God with all your heart, mind, strength, soul. And he said, but the second is just as equal. Love thy neighbor as yourself. And so here we have these relationships, first with God and then also with one another, and equally are just important. But here's the bad news. You guys are really hard to deal with. I'm really hard to deal with. Like, we are imperfect people. And when I go into relationships knowing there's going to be a time where I'm going to let them down, and most likely they're going to let me down, which means, core value number two, it's important that we work hard at healthy relationships. It takes a lot of work. If you've ever been married, I'll be, my wife and I are celebrating 30 years this year. It, marriage takes a lot of work. Why? Because I let her down, she lets me down. There's just a lot of conflict when it comes to relationships, and that's why that's one of our core values that helps guide Alpine Church, that we are going to work really hard for healthy relationships. And today, we're going to be looking at core value number four, even though it's week three. So our anniversary service is kind of disrupting things, but the order of how we wanted to teach our core values, so it's week three, but we're looking at core value number four, and this is it. We give up things we love for things we love more. So there is a, a part of sacrifice, as we look into Scripture, Scripture will support that as a church, whether sacrificing our financing or fa- sacrificing our preferences, things that we like, things that we desire within community and church and all everything that goes into that. The word sacrifice is very important, but that's why we give up things we love for things we love even more. 
And we'll start here. We're going to look at three points today. Here's the first point. The church is one of the only organizations in the world that exists for its non-members. It's important to understand this idea. So when we look at the, the, the church, there's one thing that we all have in common. At one time, we were all non-members, meaning we're not born into this, this world in a relationship with God. That's not how it works. So the thing that everybody has in common throughout humanity is everybody that's been born into this world has been separated by God, which means they're outside of God's family. They're outside of God. And it's through a response by what Jesus did, and we're going to talk a lot more about that, that you become a child of God. A, re- a faith moment is what Scripture says. But it's important because in corporate America, almost every organization, and, and as you look into the business model of things, it's all about the members. And I remember being invited to play golf. I love to play golf. I've loved to play golf ever since I was eight years old. That was my first round. And I was invited to a private country club. Friends of the family was an orthodontist, Dr. Carter. He invited me and my cousin who worked for him. And we get to the country club, and I'm 25 years old at the time, which I was, you know, I'm cheap now, but I was really cheap back then at 25. And I started to reach back in his truck. My cousin drove, and I was taking the bags out of the bag. He's like, no, leave them there. They don't like it here when you get your own, your, your own bags out of the car or walk them up to the clubhouse. And right away, I was like, oh, man, I have no cash on me. Like, I have no money to tip. So I knew what was going to happen here, but luckily, Dr. Carter tipped for the whole day while I was there. But it was so clear to me. I grew up around golf courses, played a lot of golf even young. But here, there's a different environment because it's a private country club. And these members at these private country clubs pay a lot of money to be a part of this membership. And so I already felt like a guest, but it was an uncomfortable feeling because I knew that I could not afford that membership, nor would I ever probably be able to afford that membership of what they... So I felt like a guest, but even more so because I knew I could never be a part of that membership at that golf course. I felt like an outsider, especially when I was around other members in the pro shop or trying to check in my clubs on the golf court or when we wrapped up. I'm used to cleaning my own clubs. I'm used to carrying my own bag. Why? I can't afford to pay somebody to carry my club or to clean my clubs. And so what happens, I felt like an outsider until I got out on the golf course, played around the golf. That was wonderful and beautiful. And the reason I share this is because I, I believe that churches fall into this same trap at times. Because the point here says that the church exists for its non-members. But what can happen within church settings is the members start dictating a lot of details, a lot of things on how church should be or what church should look like. And churches fall into this trap where they're more focused on the members. Now, I'm not saying we don't focus on the members. Please hear me out. But the heart, the heart of the church is the believers, God's children. They come together and they help more people come to know Jesus. That's why we're focused on the non-members. But it's by the way you do things. I can remember early, I, was, I, was, I had just come to faith, and I went up to Lake Arrowhead in California. My father-in-law went to a church. They said, if you're new here, stand up. And so my father-in-law is nudging me to stand up. I stand up, and then all of a sudden, there's this person coming to my left. He has a mic, and he's handing me a microphone. And the guy on stage goes, Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't in ministry at this time. I had just come to faith. Uh, public speaking is nothing that I pursued. I am terrible at public speaking. Okay, so just 
just know that going into this. I had a fear of standing up in front of people and speaking in front of people. Now, God worked out those details when he led me into ministry, but here I am. Um, my name's Jared Van Ingen. I've lived down the mountain. I'm here with my... I, I, I would have done anything to run as fast. If that happened here, I would have ran out those doors if I wasn't there with my father-in-law. I have never been so uncomfortable in a church setting than that moment in my life. Now, look, this church thinks they're doing something. Hey, they want to welcome the new guests. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's by decisions that church leadership make that sometimes will put some... This was the first time I was ever at this church, and I said to myself, I am never coming back. If my father-in-law invites me back to this church, I probably won't have to stand up again, but I'm just going to need to make excuses. That's what was going through my mind as I'm holding the mic in this church setting. The one thing that I love is that scripture kind of reinforces this. This is an Alpine's way of doing things. This thing about church exists for the non-members. We see this in scripture. So let's look to 1 Corinthians and let's see what Paul has to say. He says, I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. I believe this, this verse, 1 Corinthians 10, is really the heartbeat of we give up things we love for things we love more. And what Paul is getting at here is there's this kind of, we in life, we experience this me-first attitude so often in our life. And basically what Paul is saying is this is, we can't be a me-first attitude, a me-first perspective. We need to do what's best for others. We have to put other people's interests above our own. You know, early in the year at Alpine with all the pastoral staff, we'll get the calendar out and we'll list out the calendar as all the things that we're going to be trying to do in this coming year. Part of the reason is you have to budget for those things, but you have to do planning for those things. And sometimes we need resources to support events that we'll be doing and, and all that goes into play. And we start talking about everything we're going to be doing here at Alpine Church. And what I love about that is at the table, we have all these pastors, but there's always a seat. And there's always a seat, and that seat represents the non-member here at Alpine Church. And so we view things like this. We'll talk about an event. We'll talk about like the harvest party. Okay, how will a non-event or a non-member person approach this event? And we'll, we'll talk about that. And I just picked that because that's something we do. And at that, you know, years ago, we decided this is really good. It's a, it's a great environment. It's around, you know, the season of Halloween, and uh, it's a celebration here at the location or multiple locations, and it gives people an opportunity to try us out, to check out Alpine Church without actually stepping into a service. We think that's important. Why? Because we're focused on the non-member. We know, we know that Alpiners will be good with it. But when we start teaching, or thinking through our teaching schedule, and you know, remember, houses and things that we do around our teaching schedule will also have that person who is a non-member, how would they receive this series? Would this, be an ex would this be a series that Alpiners could be invitational to? And that's kind of what Paul is getting at here, is that there's a responsibility of, of the, it's the church's responsibility to show these interests and these attitudes that help people pursue God because it's the responsibility of the church to fulfill what God wants to do in the lives of those who come. He also says it like this in Philippians. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. 
So there's something about humility that Scripture is getting at here. There's something about don't be selfish. Paul talked about it, put other people's interest above your own. This is a beautiful picture of God's church, of what he wants for the attitudes and the people who come to worship him. It's about this. And he says, if you have the right attitude, if you have the right mindset, and these, these things accomplish, and you take the interest of others, back to that last verse in verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says more people will be saved. That's why Paul says that's why we need to do this. That's why we have to have this attitude. This is why we have to have this mindset. That's why we have to give up things we love for things that we love even more. And when you're able to do that, it takes us to our second point, then we are willing to sacrifice, there's that word, sacrifice what we think is best for us in order to give God's best to those around us. So it starts with this right attitude of being humble, of not being selfish, about really saying, oh, I want to do what's best for the people, their interest, I put their interest above my own. And when we do that, we give God our best. More people will come to know him. It's kind of God's picture of painting this picture. When you do this, more people will be invited into a relationship with me because if you show humility, if you're unselfish, that attracts people to you. Just take a moment and say, okay, if the church didn't show humility and was selfish and just had this me first attitude, would you want to be a part of that? That is not attractive. God says, no, that is not going to be used for my purpose and my glory. But if you have the right mindset with the right heart, doors are open, and that means more people will be pointed to him. The disciples struggled with this. In Mark chapter 10, let's read this together and we'll talk about it. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. So here's what's happened. Two of, two of the disciples, John and James, they go to Jesus and go, Jesus, one of us wants to be at your left hand, one of us wants to be at your right side. Basically, we want to be first. And Jesus is like, oh my goodness, they don't get it again. They don't, they don't get it. And he takes this moment. So the other translations say it like this. If you want to be first, you must put yourself very last and be a servant to all. And what scripture is talking about here is we have to have this serving attitude. If we want to be first, that's the wrong heart. That's the wrong goal. If we want to be important, that we want to be on Jesus' left side or his right side. It says that's not the most important thing for your attitude. That's not what you need to focus on. What you need to focus on is how you can serve everyone else. When they heard this, the disciples, John and James, they must have said, oh my goodness, we missed the mark. Because slaves, that was something... I mean, that's the lowest of the lowest of people at this time. They were owned by somebody else. And this is what Jesus said, you must become slaves for everyone else, meaning you must serve them at this level. It's all about serving those. And so we're going to look at some ways here at Alpine Church through a, through a church service and some other things that we're able to serve. So we're going to kind of go through this list. But again, it's not, this isn't Alpine's idea of how to do ministry this is Jesus' words to himself about how we can serve our community that comes. So we're going to have two lists up here. What's good? Now, it's important on this left side, these are not bad things. I don't want you to be looking at this, oh, oh, that's bad. No, these things on the left are good, 
but these things on the right are better. And I encourage you, we're going to look at four here. I'll share a few more that have come to my mind. I encourage you in your small groups, on your serving teams, to kind of think through some of these that apply to your ministries. So here's the first one. Deep, meaty sermons. That's good. Who doesn't like a really good, deep, meaty sermon that you can sink your teeth into, that there's like these nuggets about God's truth? Sometimes it's going to have a lot of Hebrew and a lot of Greek. That is good, but you know what's better? Understandable sermons. That's better. Now, we've had over the years, and I've used this core value in almost everything that we're going to be talking today within the last 13 years of doing ministry as a lead pastor in the Leighton campus. And there have been people that have come up saying, you know, I just need more out of your sermon. And I, I will say, well, you know, we're, we, we focus on everybody, but we definitely have in mind the non-member. Uh, is the non-member going to understand the message? Because I feel like in every location we have non-members every week. And so that is an important audience, and Paul would reinforce that, that that's the mindset we need to have. And it's not that we neglect the members. And let me, let me go back. I forgot to mention this. So here's our membership at Alpine Church. It's a commitment. We don't make you sign anything. It's a commitment. We commit to you, and if you want to commit to us, that is awesome. And here's what that means. We are going to help you pursue God. We have resources to help your family. We have resources for you to grow so that you can take that next step in your faith. And we have the right to speak truth and love to you, and you have the right to speak truth and love to us. It is a two-way street, and that's the commitment right there. And so as we get into these details, I also want to make sure that you understand that Alpine Church is not the perfect church. I remember my grandfather or my father-in-law said, you know, if you find the perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. And it just stuck with me. It's a great picture that the perfect church does not exist. God's church does, and within God's church of imperfect people, he does miraculous things. So let's move on to the second thing. Long, intense worship times. You know, I think a lot of people will come, and this has been proven over time, that they really want a long, extensive time of worship. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is good. I love our worship nights that are an hour long where we come together and we worship together for an hour. That is awesome. I enjoy that. But what's better than long, intensive worship times? Worship that's not weird. Now, if you haven't been able to go across the country and see a lot of church environments, there's a lot of different kinds of worship. There's real expressive worship and there's real mild worship. I'll say Alpine is more on leads to the mild side, but I think it's good. Why? Because I think of the non-member, the non-member here who walks in, and this is just a little bit different right here for the very first time, that there's guitars and there's drums and there's you know, these musicians on stage. Now, this isn't something we're going to give up. This is the, the style of worship that we want to implement here at Alpine Church. We think it's going to reach now and the current generation. But there are people that are shocked by this stage when they walk in for the very first time. And it's because we have that mindset of the non-member. So years ago, Pastor Brian shared this, they used to do like six and seven songs in an Alpine service. But the team and the leadership came together and they said, hey, that's the most awkward time for, for the non-members that come in. It's, it's hard for people to get through seven songs in an hour, hour and 15-minute service. So the leadership team at that time said, okay, we're going to do a max four. And about 15% of the church left. 
that's okay. Like, we don't have the power to tell you where to go worship. I mean, we love the fact that you're coming here, but it's not like we have that. If this doesn't fit your style for whatever reason, you know, you have our blessing to leave. I mean, we'll miss you. But also at the same time, we're hoping that we can lock arms and, and pursue people together. But I'm hoping that this message, as we get into this more and more, that you're more on board because the church is not the walls or the location, it's us. It's about the people. And these core values should exist for you as well. And I think this is a great opportunity um, as we celebrate our 20 years of ministry that this is really the heartbeat of Alpine Church, that we look to God and his word, that we work hard in healthy relationships and we give up things we love for things we love more. All right, the next one, sleeping in on Sunday morning. Man, that's nice. That is good. That is real good. This is, falls right around the corner. I can't wait. And it's already starting to happen a little bit where you can open up the windows. But in the fall, man, you wake up like at 536 and there's that chill in the air, but you're under your nice warm blanket. The windows open. What's nice, especially here in Utah, that the, the roads are really quiet outside on Sunday morning. Not, you know, no one's getting up early, hitting, the, hitting it to work or anything like that. And I love it. Now, I turned 51 in March this year, and I can't sleep past six no matter what. But for you guys, I'm hoping that, you know, this is something that's really good, that you can actually sleep past the six o'clock hour. But you know what's better? Getting up early to serve. Getting up early to serve. You know, I think about all the locations, the serving teams at Alpine, it's impressive. It is really impressive. So first and foremost, if you serve to any capacity, we thank you. But I got here about an hour, hour, a little bit early, because again, I can't sleep. So I come out, hang out with the team. I see Abby, she's out getting coffee ready, and it's just awesome. So she wakes up. Now, hoping all the servers have this mentality of waking up going, look, I get to go make coffee for those who come, and I'm able to get a hot cup of coffee in people's hands. That's a gift. I can serve that way. I looked up here and saw the worship team when I got here, and I'm hoping they wake up. And they're like, I get to lead worship. And the congregation, this time of connection where people are connecting with God, lifting up their voices to him, praising God for who he is. What a privilege and an honor it is to lead worship. You know, I think through the brains of the service, and it's all back there in that booth. You know, the, the audio and the sound and the media and how it all comes together, and hopefully there's clarity to help us to understand God's truth, you know, clear and with clarity, and the work that goes in, and I think through our kids' church, and I'm hoping people wake up and are like, man, I get an opportunity today in just a few hours to impact the next generation. That is so important in our world today. That kids' church ministry is one of our most important ministries and what a privilege it is to serve those families and to serve those kids in, in, in kids' church. And I just want to echo that video. I'm hoping as you were watching that video in the welcome, say yes to kids' church. But what a privilege it is to be able to serve kids. Several years ago at the Leyden campus, you know, every six months we, you know, as a lead pastor, we get up here just like Mike did and we're recruiting. I did that for year after year after year. And so there was one year, numbers were just way down as far as, as um, kids' church volunteers. And I said, well, I'm signing up. <laughs> I'm signing up at the 9 o'clock hour. This is when we had a Saturday and three services on Sundays in Layton. And I said, at 9 o'clock, I'm going to be in kids' church. I'm going to be in the preschool class. I went to Holly, the kids' church director, and I said, I signed up our whole family, but me included. And I still have relationships today, eight years after that, 
Now they're teenagers now, but it, it's incredible. It is really incredible how God blesses us in these environments when we say, you know what, I'm gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna say yes to Kids Church, and I signed up and served. Regardless of whatever impact, Pastor G, so my name's Jared with a G, in case you didn't know that, everyone calls me G. Pastor G had an amazing blessing by the relationships, far greater than anything I did for those kids. It impacted me that, that much. And the fact that I still know some of those kids because of that stepping in environment, I've been able to baptize a couple of them as well. And I'm hoping, if God willing, that I get to marry some of those kids that were in my preschool class eight years ago. That, that is amazing, and, and what a gift that is to me. And so getting up to serve, and I know there's many other areas, small group leaders, midweek, all the midweek serving that goes on. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But here's the last one on the list. Buying a new car. Man, that is good. Especially if you have three kids, and you have a minivan right now, and you got about three orders of French fries under the seat, a little hot mustard that disappeared. New car smell is wonderful. It is wonderful. And this is a good thing. You know what's better? Stepping up your giving. You know, I've been a part of Alpine for 15 years, on staff for 13, and I just love what Alpine's doing. I just love what God is doing in and through Alpine. I'll say it that way, because God is moving. And last week, I, I was so encouraged. You know, I wasn't able to make it out to the bay, but the baptisms at the bay, that was awesome. Mike came in and shared that with the staff, and Man, what a celebration, because I just know what that means, that lives are being transformed, families are being transformed through their relationship with the Lord. We're accomplishing here in 1 Corinthians 10 of more and more people being saved, and then they have this response of baptism about an inward decision, and now there's this outward expression of their faith of saying, yes, Jesus, you are Lord in my life, and that is happening up in Logan, and that is happening in West Haven and Riverdale, Layton and Syracuse. It is incredible to see what God is doing. So Paul and I vowed, we said we're just always, for years, every year we raise our giving. We don't focus on a number. We just say we're going to raise it up. How much can we raise it up this year? And how much can we raise it up next year? And we have that conversation at the end of every year. And it's because we buy into what we're accomplishing here. Yes, I'm on staff. But Paul and I is giving, I'm not taking any credit for this. It's all God's anyway. I understand that. The only thing that's higher than our giving is our, our mortgage, and I can't wait till our giving exceeds our mortgage. But the reason we give, A, it's a command by God, but man, I am behind what God is doing. And we're going to have this opportunity to celebrate the last 20 years of what God's doing, celebrating our 20-year mark here in a couple weeks. But I'm more excited about looking for what God's going to do in the next 20 and it's going to take more. So one of the things that we decided to be is a multi-site church, even before I came on staff, and I am bought into this completely. Because here's what 20 years ago, the church leadership at that time needed to do. Is they needed to make a plan of what Alpine was going to look like moving forward. It is much more expensive to be multi-site, much more expensive. We could have built one building at Riverdale, where the Riverdale location is, we could have built it a little bit bigger and we could have asked the community to come to it. But no, that's not what we, what we decided on. We said, you know what, we're going to go into the community. We're going to be a multi-site church. We're going to start here in Riverdale and then we're going to go to Layton. That's when they hired me. Then we're going to go to Logan. We adopted Logan and then we adopted West Haven and then we started, launched Syracuse out of the Layton campus. I mean, it's, 
incredible, but it would be a lot easier, guys, to be at one location with one group of staff at one location. But we give up things we love for things we love more. We believe that there are more people that need to know about Jesus here in Utah. And we want to go into Idaho and we want to go south all the way to St. George and beyond. We have a big vision because we serve a big God. And your giving goes to this ability for more and more people to come to know Jesus. That's why Paul and I give and I encourage you, if you aren't giving, it's not about the number, it's about the heart is what Jesus says. Just start low and then grow in your giving. And for those who are givers here at Alpine Church, thank you for your support and thank you for everything that you have meant and the ability to help more and more people pursue God. And so we give up things we love for things we love even more. You know what's good? is parking in that first stall right outside the front of the church doors. That is good. Like if you drive into Walmart or Target at a big location store and you see that first stall open, you pull in there, you're like, yes, I won. Finally, it's happened. I'm in the first stall, right? But you know what's better on Sundays at church? To park on this side of the building. If you have kids and wives, drop them off at the door and then pull around. Allowing our guests easy access to park in front and enter the building. You know what is good? is a growing small group within our structure here at the Brigham City campus. You know what's better? A growing small group that knows that they need to reproduce so that they can create an environment for more relationships to happen in a small group. You know what's good is Kids Church. You know what's better for more people to sign up for Kids Church? That's the truth and the impact that it'll make. All right, so we're going to close with this last point. Here it is. Jesus is the model for the core value of sacrifice. He gave up his life for something he loved even more. And that is you. That is me. It's us. And we can see this. We already read the top part. So it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, when you think of what Jesus did for us, it's absolutely incredible. And sometimes we can just kind of read through it. But understanding that he is reigning in heaven and this time comes and this is the role of the, the, the Father. Father God is the initiator. says, Jesus, it's time. And Jesus leaves his, his perfect relational just connection in heaven when the angels are praising him and singing all glory to God and he comes into this broken world to experience pain and suffering for us. Because we needed it. We needed his victory. We needed his healing. We needed the hope that only comes from Jesus. And so we're going to look at two verses here. I'm going to put this first one up. It's John 3.16. It's one of the most famous scriptures that exist. It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So there's that verse that says, yeah, people perish. It's right there. But when you put your, your faith in response is to submit to God and to what he did on the cross, it says you can, that leads to life and eternal life. So if you are here and you're a, a non-member, we, we love that fact. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the service here. But our relationship starts right here is understanding what God did for you. It's the greatest love story in, in, in history and it involves you, God's love for you. That he came into this broken world because we needed to be saved from our sin problem. 
And it says he went to the cross. He took the punishment that we deserved. So he said, you know what? I'm not going to leave you stranded here to deal with your own sin problem. I'm going to take care of all of it. And it's not by doing, it's by believing. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can just receive the free gift of grace of salvation that only comes from Jesus. So he went to the cross and died for your sins so that you could be forgiven of your sins. So the response in Romans, it says when you confess that, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God came here, Jesus, in the flesh, and he died for us. And then he didn't just stay dead, he rose three days later, so he conquered sin and death. And now that same thing can happen to us, even when we die a physical death. Scripture says you really don't truly ever die because you will be resurrected in heaven. When, you, when your heart, about understanding the details about you are a sinner, and you understand the details of what Jesus did, and those two things align, and your heart is to follow God and be forgiven of your sins, it says right then and there you're saved, that you recognize you're a sinner, and you confess this with your mouth, and you say, Jesus, thank you for the gift of salvation. Amen. When that happens, the Bible says you are saved, saved from the consequences of your sin. And that's what God did for us. And that's where your relationship with God starts is that moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus. So if you haven't done that, I encourage you to do that. If you want to talk to somebody more about that, we have many great resources that will have conversations that will help make that clear. Talk to Mike, talk to myself, talk to the welcome team. We would love to, to team up with you in that area. But then here's the last. If you have been a follower of Christ, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, this is what 1 John 3.16 says. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, back of what Jesus did on the cross. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Man, what a great picture of what God's church needs to look like. And so the challenge here, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, is where do you need to die to self? Where you put other people's interests above your own, and how can you serve them? There's great opportunities to serve here at the campus, but part of that is understanding this core value. We're going to give up things we love, which maybe on Sunday looks a little different. It's just coming to a church service and then going home directly. Well, maybe it's a, a time for you to be able to step into a serving role that ultimately will change lives. It's amazing what a coffee ministry can do. It's amazing what a clean team ministry can do to help people pursue God. No one job on any org chart of what we accomplish in um, for a Sunday service or midweek opportunities is any more important than the other. They all work together to point people to Jesus and you can be a part of that.